0: The sea is my go-to place when I'm lost. Ideally, it would be the gloriously warm waters of the Indian Ocean, where vibrant corals and foraging turtles would greet me and the water would fold over my skin, forming a lovely wet hug. But I've not always been this confident with the blue stuff. One of my earliest memories. Four years old, standing on the steps of the baby pool. I jumped, headfirst into the water, forgetting that I was wearing a rubber ring around my waist. Once in the water, I was stranded upside down, chlorine up my nose and in my eyes. Help, help. School swimming lessons. Year after year, I refused to put my head under the water, citing ear infections and grommets as the reasons. Then came the pyjama lesson. Treading water wearing the heaviest, baggiest, too big, full-length flannel pyjamas versus everyone else's thin cotton shorts and vest tops. A panicking swimmer nearby grabbed my head and pushed me down. Help. Help. In my teen years, a Cornish bodyboarding holiday, I was on a roll of catching short gentle waves, grinning, pretending that it came naturally, and then I caught a not-so- gentle wave which led me straight towards the rocks. Help. The problem was I was intrigued by the hidden undersea world. I wanted to discover sharks and exquisite-looking tropical fish, and to do so, I had to get over my fear of water. So, I took up scuba diving. It didn't come naturally. I panicked about my equipment failing, and with a brain better suited to random exploration than specific directions, I found it hard to navigate underwater. One thing kept me going. I'd discovered the most beautiful sea creature, lionfish. Have you seen one? less stunning, with wavy brown stripes along their bodies and protruding flashy spines which waft gently in the water as they glide. Highly venomous, yet mesmerising. When I'd just about got the hang of diving and decided I could make a career out of it, I had an unimaginable encounter with Mother Nature. 26th of December, 2004. A three-metre wave. Me inside it. This time, there was no plea for help. I knew I wouldn't survive. And yet, I did. Someone risked their life to save mine. Once I'd healed physically, I went back to help. At first, I worked on dry land, clearing debris, rebuilding houses, and eventually went back into the water, using my diving skills to retrieve plastic bags from the sea floor. I also found the courage to continue with my diving and rescue qualifications. Passing my exams should have been a big moment. Not only had I overcome my fear of water, I'd overcome it despite great adversity and also had the skills to save people. Go me! But I did not feel amazing. Suddenly aware of my Western privilege and the incredible luck I had on that day, survivor's guilt kicked in and there it stayed like a slug in the back of my throat for years to come. I was appalled at myself for ever thinking that learning to dive was courageous and I wallowed in the fact that many people who lost their lives would never have had such opportunities. Ten years later, in 2014, I saw someone in trouble in the water and I helped them to safety. I did so because I was in the right place at the right time, not because I was a qualified rescuer. After this, I did a lot of reflecting, much of it underwater alongside the lionfish, on whether I was a decent human or not. The silence of the ocean gave me the chance to rerun thousands of conversations in my head and I realised that my experience had given me a useful skill, a way of relating to someone going through something difficult. I don't go around risking my life to save others, but in my everyday conversations I've helped some people a little bit and that is certainly something to be proud of.